Meredith and this is my co-host Apollo and this is Have Horse Will Travel. If you are watching on YouTube then cool but if you want to take it with you as an audio file it is available streaming anywhere you can find podcasts. If you are listening as a podcast uh, audio only version and want to watch the video so you can see Apollo while I talk and me although I don't know why you'd want to do that but if you want to see Apollo because everyone wants to see Apollo too it's also available on YouTube so uh, that out of the way let's talk uh, today I'm gonna be talking about the seasonality of riding and a little update on Apollo's retraining or new training or continued training I think that's better I have no idea what I'm talking about anyway so I'm just making things up um let's look at Apollo because that's actually the best part of this right so as you can see it's fly season again and uh so it's also a little breezy out here so hopefully it doesn't uh mess up my audio um, so if there's a little interference of the wind across the, um, mic, I apologize. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, today Apollo and I had another lesson and it was really great. He did so well today. Um, just the best that he's done in a very long time. He was just so good. Like, I can't even tell you how proud I am of him for how he did in this lesson. He has been difficult. <laughs> he's a difficult horse, what can I say? Um, he's super smart, as you probably are well aware super smart. He's always thinking about what he wants to do, what he thinks I want him to do, uh, getting ready to either make his own decision or maybe if he's listening to me trying to figure out what next I'm going to ask him to be doing. So he's always always thinking and so that makes it a little difficult sometimes uh, when we are going somewhere, riding together, especially in an arena. Um, you know, on the road, I want him to be thinking what's next, what's coming up, what's, what's going on. Uh, and working himself through situations so I don't always have to be telling him, you know, how to handle things because he can think it through. So it's really great that he's a thinker when we're traveling. Um, he can figure out if we get to some sort of obstacle or hazard to handle it, to figure out how to get past it, uh, how to get through it. But in the arena, I don't necessarily want him thinking about things independently <laughs> as much because in the arena we're doing patterns, we're doing uh, all sorts of things that are, you know, okay, I'm going to tell you now that you should walk, that you should trot, that you should extend a trot, that you should stop, you should back up, you should, whatever it is we're doing, we should go in a circle. And 
he's like, but I want to do this. And on the road, normally all we do is he just walks forward or sometimes trots. Uh, sometimes we have to stop for things. Sometimes he gets to decide to stop because I want him to be telling me what he needs. So if he's tired, if he's hot, needs a shade break, he's allowed to stop in the shade and have a little break as long as he's not going to stand there forever and ever and take advantage of it. But if he's hot and tired and needs a shade break, he is allowed to just decide, hey, I need to stop. Let's stop in the shade here and cool down for a bit. And he's allowed to stand there until he's ready to go. And he's figured out if he stands there for more than it takes him to stop huffing and puffing and catch his breath or otherwise cool down a little bit, then he has to start walking again. And he knows that's the drill. And so it's kind of this compromise, I guess, like we're communicating all the time. He's like, hey, hey human, I need this. And I'm like, cool, I needed to know you needed that because there's only so much I can think of or realize without him also communicating his needs to me. And then sometimes I need him to do things I do need him to listen. And he does, for the most part. Um, but it's a, more of a two-way communication than in the arena, doing arena pattern work or whatever, uh, doing a lesson together. Then it's more of me saying, okay, now you do this, now you do this, now you do this. Please cooperate and listen to me. And it's less of a two-way communication. Much less. <laughs> and that's not, a, it's not mean. It's not, um, you know, it's not mean to the horse to be like that. That's just how it is. You know, I'm not doing anything mean to him to tell him to do things. That's just how arena work is. The rider is like, okay, now you're going to circle. Now you're going to walk. Now you're going to trot. It's just how arena riding goes. And um, he's not used to that, to say the least. So the first few lessons were a little awkward with him being a little uh, confused about how this works now. Because when we're out even just riding on the trails, I'm like, okay, horse, go this way. Keep it within a tolerable range of speeds. You know, maybe I'll have to stop and wait for our friends to catch up, but I'm not going to be trying to collect him up at his walker trot, you know. He's going to just walk out however's comfortable for him, as long as he's being polite and respectful of me and not trying to, you know, do anything crazy. Um, but in the arena, it's like, okay, now I'm going to tell you to walk faster, I'm going to tell you to walk slower. He's like, what's this? I just walk. Um, he knows the cues. He knows the commands. He just didn't really understand that that was our new way of, of life. And so we still do trail riding, but and we can still ride on the trail uh, with this two-way communication. But in the arena, and I, that sounds awful. Like, I know there's two-way communication in the arena, too. Um, but... It's different and I'm not sure how else to describe it so anyway with this uh, arena riding we've been doing more of then he's had to learn to listen better and listen more carefully and respond more quickly 
which is a good skill for him to have. Definitely something that all horses should be able and willing to do safely, uh, or in order to ride safely. Um, but it was, it's different. It's just a whole different way of riding. Um, on the trail, I might only need to tell him to do something different than walk forward every several minutes, or maybe not even for 10 or 20 minutes if all we're doing is going down the side of a road and there's no obstacles, there's no hazards, there's no nothing that needs to change, he's just walking, you know? In the arena, it's like every few seconds or every minute, you're like, okay, now we're gonna do something different. Now we're gonna do something different. Now we're gonna do something different. So, that said, he's a very smart horse and he figured out real quick that we were going to be doing these quick changes of things. Now we're gonna do this. Now we're gonna do this. And uh, it was, uh, getting to the point where he started to anticipate. Okay, now last time that she asked me to trot, then she asked me to trot to that pole and then stop. So now I'm gonna trot to that pole and stop before she asks me. Or last time we came around this stretch of arena, then I had to go faster. So I'm gonna go faster when I get there or whatever. And so I have to be very um, creative when riding him in the arena now because I have to be thinking of things uh, that we can do differently and making sure that I don't ask him for the same thing twice at the same place in the same order basically ever. Unless it's like he's not getting it well and we need to repeat it a few times for him to get it but if it's something he knows how to do and it's just a matter of like order of operations to get like math geek on it um you know it's it's uh it's like that and so it's um it's a it's a lot of thinking for me in order to stay one step ahead is his thinking. But today, wow, that was 10 minutes of introduction to what I was gonna say <laughs> about today's lesson. So today, he did so good. He was excellent on today's ride. He walked when he was supposed to walk most of the time. He was listening to me, he trotted faster or slower when I asked him to stopped and did whatever it was. Turns on the forehand were amazing. He just spin, plant that foot and spin. It was incredible. Now we need to work on turns on the haunches because now every time I tell him to turn, he's like, oh, forehand, plant that front foot. It was so cool. Um, so I'm glad he's getting it and he's listening, but he was also, I still had to be on top of it with changing it all up or he'd be like, hey, I know what comes next. What do you think, Apollo? Was that nice? And here's Maverick, who just wanted to come over and say hi. Maverick did not 
Oh, shedding so much. Oh my gosh, shedding season. Maverick did not join us for the lesson. As usual, he just hung out here in the pasture and waited for his buddy to come back. It's very, very sad that he got left behind, but that's a sad Maverick life. And he's a good boy. They're both good boys. So, um, today our riding lesson was beautiful out, warm, bordering on hot. A month ago it was snowing and now it's like 70 something degrees out here and the trees are green and everything is just turning into summer so quickly. Our springs here are like a month or two at most. Like I always thought, okay, so I grew up in Southern California and in Southern California there's not really seasons. I mean, there kind of are. If you live there, you learn about the seasons, how they exist there. But compared to seasons in other parts of the country, there's no seasons. And so, as a child, and I'd hear about seasons, I'd be like, oh, a quarter of the year is snow, and a quarter of the year is spring and flowers and maybe some rain. And then a quarter of the year is summer and it's hot and a quarter of the year is fall where it's cooler but not cold and pretty leaves. Like that's how it works in the rest of the country, right? It's evenly divided into quarters. Um, snow only happens during those three months. Uh, high heat only happens during those three other three months, you know, and then the spring is three months and so forth. Turns out that's not how the world works. Now that I live somewhere where there are seasons, um, now I know that. Um, so spring here is like two months. And we get some snow in the winter, but winter's also like not very long. And then summer lasts an extraordinarily long time which sounds nice, except that I'm in a high fire risk area, and so that is when fire season is. And so summer lasts really long and gets really hot and really dry, and everybody's freaking out all the time because fire danger. And you have to be ready for an extremely long amount of the year to evacuate in case of fire and it's kind of stressful. So the other thing um, with seasons here for riding is that the winter, if it's not snowing or raining, is really when you want to be riding. And the spring and fall are amazing but short. And so the summer being super long and super hot and dry kind of stinks for riding. It's really just too hot to ride unless you are able to do it in the morning or the evening, which I can, but it definitely cuts down on riding time. Um, really affects the riding schedule. So, um, 
so we're getting in here to the warm months and so it's going to be more and more difficult to ride which is um you know unfortunate we're getting to the end of the peak riding season here um now when i was on the road hey i like this camera shot you know about you know they say an angel on your shoulder a devil on your shoulder i have two horses on my shoulders anyway um when i was riding across the country there's of course different seasonality to riding depending on what part of the country you're in um, summer midsummer is generally too hot everywhere uh, no matter how far north you are it's going to be nasty hot and humid um, or hot and dry if you're further west uh, if you are further, further south it's going to be nasty hot in the summer definitely um, you can expect that but a lot of people it seems like um, that don't live in the far north don't understand that it actually gets hot there in the summer like it's like oh that's where it's cold yeah that's where it's cold in the winter um, so I'd get asked a lot uh, hey it's spring are you headed north so that it won't be as hot in the summer or you know that sort of thing and yeah no not really because it gets hot everywhere like I wouldn't want to ride through Arizona or Louisiana in the summer but also don't really want to ride anywhere in August because it's just too hot no matter where you live um, unless you're really high up in the mountains and then it's not so bad but it wasn't you know it wasn't really possible to plan the route to be somewhere that it's tolerably hot in the summer and not the rest of the year so as far as planning a route to fit with the seasons not really logistically a thing um, if I had a trailer with me and could hop around be like hey sucks here now <laughs> let's go somewhere else yeah that would maybe be possible but again at a certain point everywhere is going to be hot everywhere is going to be miserable so um august kind of terrible for riding in most places um except for like high up in the rocky mountains or in the high in the sierras um the then there's the winters generally speaking when i was traveling i didn't ride in the winters even if i could except for the first winter we were tired by winter and we needed a break um yeah theoretically i could ride in the winters by going maybe not all winter because even like florida gets freezes even well there are places that don't ever really freeze but most places do freeze 
do get pretty dang cold even in the middle of the winter even if they're like hot places the rest of the year um, so places that don't get too cold to ride at all it wasn't really possible to plan the route to be right there right then you know that was way too complicated so I didn't really do that but um, I also didn't really want to be in the far north because the winters yeah they get more cold they also last longer uh, so the goal was not necessarily to be where it wasn't cold or where it wasn't hot at the winter or summer respectively but rather to be where it would be cold less long in the winter and be uh, where it was less warm in the summer or less long of a hot season in the summer so I don't really know if that answered anybody's question but I get asked that enough times I thought I'd address it um, yes it's good generally to try to go north Oof, in the summer and uh, south in the winter but in the in the end it really doesn't matter that much just because the area where it's um, going to be ideal in the summer and ideal in the winter is pretty hard to nail being exactly there and those areas aren't big enough to include them in the route the way I needed to do the route at least long enough to continue riding all year plus we just wanted time off so um, so there's that uh, but anyway um, here I am just not too pleased we're going into the hot season and the fire season. I hate the fire season. It's the worst part of living here. You'd think it would be nice to have long summers, but no, it's not nice because there's fire. And luckily, knock on wood, I haven't had to evacuate Apollo yet, but it's always a possibility and it's always something I have to be prepared for. And typically when there is a, a fire warning, an evacuation warning, unless you're right where the fire started, you usually have some warning, um, which is good because I live like 20, 25 minutes away and then I'd have to come hitch up the trailer, which I'm fast enough at, but it's extra time and then get him, get him to the trailer, and he his pasture's not close to the trailer. Um, and there's no good turnaround for the trailer here, so it would be, I'd have to come get him, lead him over to the trailer, it would be faster than trying to get the trailer over here and turn it around. Um, get him in the trailer, which he's fast at, but still, it's like all these steps. So I would need to know to evacuate him like at least 45 minutes by the time I drive over here hitch up catch him and he's fast to catch and he's fast to load it's just a matter of doing it and it just takes time so it's kind of scary like what if a fire started and I didn't have 45 minutes what would even happen there's 
I think a lot of the people here are in that sort of situation. They don't necessarily live right here, you know, in the surrounding neighborhoods. They live up near where I live. Um, to the people I ride with every week, mostly every week. Um, they live, one of them is sort of just around the corner from me and one's like half a mile away. So, you know, it's pretty common to have to drive almost 30 minutes to get to the boarding stable. So that's kind of scary, kind of scary. So I'm glad that I have a trailer now so that I can be prepared for it. Um, but I don't like having to deal with it. So, um, I think I will do a whole episode at some future point about fire safety. Um, fire safety with your horse. Uh, but just, uh, just a little aside for now. Like, that's... <sighs> He's peeing. <laughs> Okay, the reason I'm laughing about that is not because he's peeing, but because I was like, where's he going? He, being a gelding, a lot of geldings have certain areas that they use for like their potty box, like a, you know, like kitty litter box, where it's a spot that they like to go. And so he's got his spot right there. And as soon as I saw he stopped there, I'm like, oh, yep, that's what he's doing. That's his little potty spot over there. Don't know if Maverick uses the same ones, but Apollo's picked out his places. Um, on the road. Uh, wow, this is really off topic, but whatever. Um, on the road, when he needs to pee, he steps off of the pavement. Cause I think he doesn't like being splashed, which I totally get. Um, but he always steps to the right. And when he needs to... Um, when he needs to poop, he, instead of stepping to the right, he just swings his hindquarters to the right so that he'll poop off of the path, which I'd love, because I taught him that part, the, the, not the, not for peeing, but, um, I didn't like having to get down from the saddle every time he'd poop on a bike path and clear it off the bike path. So it was, he's tall, he's huge. I'm 5'2", and he's also 5'2", at his shoulder. <laughs> and so I have to get my behind up to this height every time that I get on and off of the saddle. It's that much height, well, not that much height difference, but you know, from, from down here, all the way up to here. It's a long way up there. And so it's not easy to get up into the saddle. Um, and so I taught him that he should swing his hips off to the side so that I didn't have to kick poop. <laughs> um, he's really good at it. It's, I love it. And then I know why he's stopping too, because He's not just stopping because he's tired or because he's grumpy or because he just wants to stop. He's stopping because he needs to poop. And so he stops and he swings his hips over. I'm like, oh, okay. I know why you're stopping. I don't have to look back and check. Um, anyway, lovely little thing. 
that took me so long to teach him. Just every time he'd start to poop, I'd tell him to move his hips over. And he wouldn't necessarily do it because he doesn't move once he starts pooping, but he knew after a while that I wanted him to do that. And so then he would preemptively swing his hips over, which is what I was looking for. So it worked. It just took a long time to communicate to him that that's what I wanted. Um, for him to realize it was related to his pooping. And that if he moved over before he started pooping, that I wouldn't kick him or, you know, like tell him to move over. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, I feel like that was not as focused as I was aiming for in this episode, but that's okay. I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Obviously, if you're still listening at this point, you did, or maybe you were just finding it so inconvenient to change the channel that uh, you just listened to it anyway. So if you were listening because you were just too lazy, thanks. <laughs> if you were listening because you enjoyed it, thanks even more. And so with that, I am going to call it a day and leave Apollo to graze with his buddy, who is ever so relieved that his friend is back from that excruciatingly long, long hour or two where he was all alone in his pasture. It was terrible. Um, so I will be back in two weeks with another exciting podcast episode. And so you can find all past episodes on my website at centaurride.org, C-E-N-T-A-U-R-I-D-E dot O-R-G. Some of them are on YouTube. All of them are able to be streamed wherever you can find podcasts. And all of them are on that website. So uh, check those out. And I will see you in two weeks. Thanks. Bye.